Hi, my name is Corey, and welcome to the RCF Podcast, a place where you can dive deep into what the scriptures say, get caught up on current events, or sit back and listen to topical discussions on life from all ages. Well, welcome back to the the podcast, and as we continue to just get a chance to interact and talk with people that the Lord has called and touched in their life, we're going to spend a little time with Fernando Rodriguez this morning as he is... Uh, we've been blessed to have him in from, from Cuba, and he's been able to share and encourage the church here and uh, in Mexico and Texas and California. And so we're excited to have him here this morning to talk about just what has God done in his life? What is God doing in Cuba? And just to share with you guys uh, the good works of the Lord. So welcome, Fernando. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, something for me, if you know, if I was out in the audience and I'm thinking, I'm okay. What would I ask him? Is how in the world did did God reach you? Kind of share with us a little bit about your testimony. Um, communism, usually being an an atheist structure or government. You know, we've all kind of heard things about Cuba, but but tell me about how did Jesus reach reach you and 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 uh, call you to salvation. You know, in, in Cuba, we, we are submitted to a brainwash since we were born. So in, in kinder, middle, in, in every uh, uh, teaching, they, they, they try to put input in our, in our, our mind, atheism, and how, you, how God is a myth and all of that. So uh, when I was a... Um, Pre-university, we call it high school for you. I was a teenager. I, I was with a group of friends and hung out with them. And somebody in the street, they just, he just, he just tell us something from the Bible. He just call us and and share from the Bible some verses from the Bible and and challenge us. And you know, the most of our my friend, they start to joke with him and all of that. That you know, I I just hear that and and I don't pay too much attention. Later on, like, I don't remember if a month and a half to two months after that, I was in a, in a movie theater watching a Bruce Lee movie. In, in, yeah. and, you know, I was in a movie. I, I think I'm, I'm turning into crazy because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not seeing the movie. I don't listen to the movie. It's the only thing is in my head is the word that that young man taught me. Wow. Two months ago. <laughs> and for me, it's like, I'm, I'm, something is is wrong in my mind, so I'm I'm turning into mad person or something. And after that, when we left the movie theater, we we used to go to the ice cream place. And I said, my friend, hey, go to the ice cream place. I need to do something. And so I just go to the same neighborhood. When we see that guy, I start to ask for him, and I start to ask for that person. And, and people say, ah, that's friend. That is a religious guy. Yeah, he live, and they give me the address. I just knock in his door. And we op- he opened the door and said, hey, do you know me? I told him, no. He said, well, like two months ago, you shared with me something in the street. So uh, today I-, I was like crazy because the only words I have, I was in a movie theater and I don't see the movie, I don't hear. Is the, that word that you talked to me, I'm, I'm, I'm turning into crazy? And he told me, no, it's the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart mm. and his he spoke to me and explained me that the word of God is alive and, and produces fruits. 
Um, he started to share with me the gospel. I, I, I talked with him like for two plus hours. And I told him, hey, I want to go to, uh, when you have a church. And he said, me, hey, tonight we have a service, prayer service. And study Bible service. Okay, I will go. Where is the church? And he gave me an address. And, and I, as, as soon as I come home, I just take a shower and go straight to the church. I was in the outside of the church waiting for him thinking that I need somebody to bring me in. Uh, you know, um, there is an elder from the church. He saw me and said, what are you looking for here? You are looking for somebody? Or, no, I'm just here because Frank invited me to come to church. Oh, come here and sit it. And I was sitting in the back seat of the church, and, and the pastor started to share the gospel. And, you know, everything he said that day is the same question I asked Franz. And even I thought that Fran, for sure, he talked to the pastor, all my doubts and all of that. And, and when he said, somebody here want to receive Jesus? I just say, I! <laughs> I just stand up, say, come here, they pray for me. I was so joyful for that. Fran never come that day, that day. But, you know, when I come back home, I try to share with my family. My family, it's, it's a very weird family because my mom was a part of the Communist Party. Even as a communist party, he, she persecuted the church. And my dad was a very strong Catholic family. He came mm -hmm, up from mm -hmm. a very strong Catholic family. That's a weird combination, but that's how <laughs> it was. And, you know, both of them, they reject my decision. And my mom said, if you don't retract from that decision, you can live here. So I have to move and live in school. Um, so so there, how, did, how did you process that? So... As you, as you know, because I, I guess I wanted to just kind of interject there as, is where I, I know in my own experience when the Lord called me, it was, it was about a year where I had just that, that for me it was a verse in my mind, a kind of a phrase of, of just this thing that was completely against everything I knew. You know what if, what if the Bible was right? You know, and I just, I, I dwelt on that, and, and part of that became a real. Um, big piece, kind of a foundation to help me through after when I got saved and dealing with that, and knowing that the the power of the the planted word of God and and that it that it it does impact people. Did, did that encourage you? Did that affect you at all? When as you're going to your parents now, who are who are not going to be excited about you becoming a born again Christian, mm. um. Or were you just excited about being saved and you were going to share with them either way? You know what? I just excited because I was saved. I, I received something that I never had before. Yeah. I, I just came to them to share with them my decision, and they reject the decision. Mm. Even my mom, she beat me, I remember very well. Mm. And she, she beat me in the mouth and said, shut up. You, you can talk about those things here. So the pastor, he gave me the Bible. Uh, the first thing he, she did is she burned the Bible. Mm. She burned the Bible. I was so sad that, that night. And, and, you know, next day in the morning, they, she told me, you need to take a decision. If you keep with that idea, if you, if you want to continue with that idea to be born <laughs> Christian, so it's time to leave home. You know, I, I didn't doubt it. It's, mm. it's incredible. In, the, in that first love, we don't we don't pay too much attention to what the people <laughs> said to us and how much opposition we face. Yeah, and you know, in school, even we we face a lot of opposition. That was very 
queer years in Cuba uh, of opposition. About what year was that? In 88, 1988. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to be a Christian in the 80s. It, is hard, it was hard to be a Christian. Even many Christians, they can come to university. Yeah. They can be teachers in Cuba. They cannot be teachers mm. in Cuba because uh, if you are a Christian, you they don't allow you to teach others because they are afraid. You know, communists based on control of people and they try to indoctrinate people. So if you were a, a Christian or something like that and and you had already got your degree or maybe you were already a teacher, so do do a lot of Christians just kind of not make that known? In those years? Yeah. Many of them, they, they try to don't, the people don't know they are Christian. That, that I call them the false Christians because, you know, they try to hide their faith. Mm. What is, I think it's, it's not, not what the Lord called us to be. Yeah. And, you know, and others, even they, they, if they, if they, don't, if they don't hide their faith or they say, uh, yes, they, they are kicking out of their jobs. Like, yeah. like, especially, um, in schools and uh, even hospital. Later on, like in the early, early 90s, Christian, yeah. I work on university. We start, I started university in 80, 90, 89, sorry. And you know that the university was open for the Christian that year. So they allowed Christian to come to university. But you know how much persecution we face in university? You know, in our university, the second biggest in the whole country. Mm-hmm. And thousand students, like 7,000 students in university. You know how many people? We confess our faith less than seven mm. in, in 7,000 people. Wow. How many other? Seven out of 7,000. Yeah, it's like 0.1%. <laughs> we confess we are Christians. But and we face a lot of persecution in university. And every, every, yeah. In the midst of that, did you all, I mean, tell me a little bit about, um, tell me about seeing God's faithfulness and being willing to confess him before men. And maybe losing your job or maybe losing your family, but yet God promises that he'll meet us now. Tell me about that. You know, as a Christian, we need to face persecution many times, but we need to be faithful to him because he's faithful to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care too much about how what the people can do against us. I just care about what God can do for us. So it's... It's, it's a process of decision. So decision in your life is important. So what mm-hmm. you, you you need to be faithful to the Lord Amen. instead of any situation, any pressure, any things against you. Yeah. I remember all the pressure of my, my teachers or my my classmate people, mm-hmm. my my buddies in university. They 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 try to push a lot of pressure. So before we kind of get to God calling you into ministry and, and sharing with us about that, um, just to kind of, just for people to be uh, maybe prayerful or to get informed or just so that they know, what kind of persecution, just generally speaking, not just you, but Christians in the 80s, 90s, up up till today, what kind of persecution did Christians face in uh, in Cuba? There's a lot of kind of persecution. Some of them, one of them is you can you can start to be a doctor in the 80s if you are a Christian. In the 70s, 80s, and even the 60s, they start that huge persecution. You can be a doctor, um, you can be a teacher, or or even even you can obtain a good job because you are a Christian. It's like a mark they put like a like a black spot in your 
in your papers. Mm-hmm. If you are a Christian, it's like something wrong. I remember I, I read my, my... So you can't do those things if you're a Christian. Yeah, yeah you, you can't do. But you know, many, many... I, 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 pray, I thank the Lord because we have a generation in Cuba in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I call them the heroes of the faith. They suffer a lot of persecution. They they supposed to them they can use like a public work. Mm. Many of them, like my father-in-law, they forced to work in like a truck drivers and all of that because they don't offer any other job for them. Or you, some of them, even many of them are are forced to work in a labor in a way like in a labor uh, camps. Mm-hmm. Even many, many, many Christians in the 60s and 70s, they are forced to, uh, they took from the Bible college and, and many pastors from the churches and, um, and forced them to work for the government. And they are afraid that you can't have a church or you can serve in a church anymore. You know, we face a lot of better of kind of even the 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 the, uh, the government they try and they close many of the churches but many others even they they people mock with them people throw into the church like eggs or tomatoes even poop mm-hmm. even try to uh, the people don't come back to the church but many people keep the church open even with a few people because Amen. just a few people was loyal and mm-hmm. faithful to the Lord to keep the door of the churches open. That's what I call them, generation of faith, mm. of heroes of the faith, because they, they keep the door of the churches open. And that allowed later on when the church started again in Cuba mm-hmm. to have some legal churches uh, so we can start from. Okay. So with with some of that, um, knowing kind of growing up and watching Christians be persecuted with with seeing the response of your family to Christians, um, physically uh, beating you, uh, did horrible things to your brother for becoming brother. Christian. Yeah, um, they sent him off. And, and tell me briefly about that, and then I, I, I want to move on. But just just so they can, I guess, to add to the not not just the weight, but just the power of of God um, to to call us to ministry. Share just briefly about your brother when he, when he got saved. And, and Well, what, that I, I shared first what happened with me. But my brother, my brother was part of the elite of the uh, students in Cuba. He was the best student for six years. He was condecorated by Fidel Castro in person, in TV. So the government took him in a special place so to train them. They, my, our government bring him, bring him to a special training places. So they submit to brainwash youth, special youth, to be the future leader of the revolution of the new war that they they are working for. So they brought him to Varadero in a special camp where they train people from many countries in Latin America and people from Palestinian and many other countries. They brought to those places to train. They brought him to. Hungary, to East Germany, to Soviet Union, like for training him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he decided to be a Christian, when the Lord touched his heart, because we shared the gospel with him, one of his friends also is a, ba- he was, he is a Baptist person, very commitment with the Lord. He shared with him, and the day he decided to uh, 
to accept Jesus as his savior. And he shared with my mom, my mom and the government, they had planned with him. They put in a mental institution, they submit to a treatment with electroshock and drugs and all of that, mm -hmm. try to burn the short-term memory. But praise the Lord. Even he walked as a robot for more than a year. When he walked, it's because all that electroshock that affect nerves and all of that. But praise the Lord, he's one of our pastors right now. The only thing they burn was the all the all the uh, indoctrination about communists <laughs> and all of that. So it's it's just the Lord. Wow. You know, in in middle of all those persecution, we can see how the how God sustain us, how He give us strength and boldness to yeah. share the gospel with others. Amen. Don't care what what they can do against <laughs> us. The Lord, the Lord bless us, and, mm. and He give us power to to share the gospel with others. Amen. So here you're coming into the late '80s, uh, early '90s. You you get saved. You you know what's happened in Cuba. You've seen what's happened to your brother, and you've experienced um, the own your own trials and coming to Jesus. So so you're a Christian, okay? Um, but now, you know, at some point, God called you into ministry, into a, in a place where um, you're putting yourself out there even a little bit more uh, publicly, especially to um, to serve the Lord, that, you know, for a natural person, you're like, okay, now my life's harder, harder because I'm a Christian. <laughs> if I go into ministry, that... You are harder. It's going to be harder. So how did... How did the God? How did God touch you? How did He move? How did He speak to you to say, "Okay, Fernando, I not only want you to be my my child, but I want you to serve me like this. I want you to take up your cross." Tell me about that. Tell me about that. I, I don't say that publicly. Never say that that testimony. But you know, in my dream when I was a teenager, like the most of teenagers in Cuba, our dream it our dream in Cuba it was like. Escape from the country. Mm -hmm. So that was my dream. But you know, I remember I, I just recently married with my wife and we are processing all of that and we are praying. Um, and you know, we have a plan to escape from Cuba with a group of teenagers from our church. Mm -hmm. And we had a gas for a, a, a today to put in a, in a boat to, to try <laughs> to escape from Cuba. You know, I remember that uh, we was in a Youth with a Mission conference mm -hmm. in Cuba. And, you know, the Lord brought some person and he started to teach. And, and he started to teach about our call. Uh, how we are not able to lead by our flesh or our desire. It's We need to fulfill God's purpose in our life. And, and I, when this man, I never see him before. I never see him again. He stuck to that. It's like God is... Give him like some, he's, 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 he's like giving like a hammer in my in my in my, in my heart. Said, "I'm calling you." Wow. And you know, since that day, all the idea to abandon the country all that disappeared. Said, "I need to prepare because I need to serve the Lord right here in Cuba." It's, it's what we receive from the Lord, and it's what we are doing for the last uh, twenty-seven years. Yeah. Right wow, now. twenty-seven years now. Yeah. That's great. Um, it just reminds me of an old uh, Oswald Chambers quote, uh, that God never promised to deliver us from trials, but to deliver us in them and through them. And, and so oftentimes we want, 
We want Jesus to get rid of all the bad stuff. I, you know, Cuba's hard, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get to America and everything will be better. Or my situation is hard, and so I want to I want to get out of that. But so oftentimes, God wants to say, "I want to deliver you in that, through that." I want you, you know. Um, so that that's what a what a blessing to uh, to know you and get to hear about um, someone that said, you know, I'm. I'm going to live as I'm as I was called. God called me as a Cuban, and I'm going to serve the Lord as a Cuban. The best place where we can be, we can stay, is the place where the Lord called us. Mm. If He called us to serve in Cuba, He will He will provide. He will He will sustain you. He will give you strength. He will He will give you skills or whatever you want to call. Yeah. But He will He will help you. Because you know you are you are in the place where he called you to be. Mm. Sadly, many of people they they feel the desire of their heart and they think, well, that's God's will because it's what I desire in my heart. It's not. It's not in that way. You need to be in His will. Mm. So He is. He will be with you and He will push you <laughs> to keep going. Because sometimes, sometimes even in the ministry, we feel like it's so heavy. Yeah. And a lot of discouragement this year. A too. lot of discouragement and all of that, you know. And we need to start to think, hey Lord, it's not because of me, it's not about me, it's about you. So I need to keep going. Amen. So and he will give you all the all the tools you need to keep going. Amen. Amen. So just in the interest of time, kind of how you—that's kind of how you came to the Lord, and and how God called you into a, a ministry that that really we're beginning to see a lot of the fruit today of of the faithful generation through the 60s and 70s, 80s, and how God has began to open up and move in, in the 90s and in the 2000s. And uh, so just briefly share with me, you know, the exciting thing, what is, what's the Lord doing today in Cuba? How can we know and how, how can we pray? You know what? The Lord is still moving in Cuba. You know, praise the Lord. Even in that actual situation, I think it's something that is worldwide, it's like a global thing. What is happening, all the struggle with the COVID and all, all the pressure, even our government is behind many of the things that is happening mm. worldwide, we know. Uh, you know, we are, we are exciting because we are seeing God's faithfulness. We had our churches closed like for three months, and when we opened the churches by Milagor. We see more people right now than before wow. the COVID. That that is not happening in many places. But I see how the Lord is still dealing with the heart of people. When I see our churches full of youth, our, our kids, and all of that who are seeking the Lord, who are who are begging for God intervention in their life, I see how powerful is God. Mm-hmm. Uh, how more? How, how how much we need to to be in His will and fulfilling what He wants for us. Amen. So God is on the move in Cuba. Praise the Lord for that. Um, I I hope that He'll allow me to come see you soon. How can we pray for your family, for your church? Pray for our church so we we be able to share with more people. We we are just starting to record the, the message and, and give it to people because we realize there's many people Seeing the videos, we 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 distributing little trunk drive, so people put in in TVs or 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 DVD players, and they just play that. And Amen. even non-believers, people 
in the situation we are living in Cuba with the lack of many resources in, in even economical, food, medical, all that lack of provision, everything provoke in our in our in our people in Cuba the desire to seek. Um, the good thing is the Lord is is, is moving in Cuba. Pray also God gave us boldness to share the gospel with others and opportunity even to share the gospel with authorities and whoever he put in our in our way to, to serve him. Well thank you so much my friend, my brother uh, for not only being with us, but to share your life and an encouragement with us. Um, he had an encouraging message last night just of, of um, dealing with hopelessness and, and not making decisions based on that, but to put our hope and trust in the Lord and to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, and, and so so needed for where we are right now. But at the same time, such a blessing for God to to let us know that government and provisions and money aren't our Savior, that He is. And so, God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks.